Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Leading the conversation on SAFM, Late Night Conversations, my name is Patricia Anduli. The time, 10 past 10, and uh, I'd like to warmly welcome to our legal conversations right now, Professor Kamethri uh, Moodley, who is the Director at the Centre for Medical Ethics and Law in Stellenbosch University. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Professor Moodley. Good evening, Patricia. Thank you for having me. Professor Moodley, it seems that uh, the South African medical profession should be bracing itself for um, some litigation or even some lawsuits um, post the COVID-19. We already know that there's been a lot of uh, pressure on uh, the particular health system, especially public health system. But with the current um, circumstances that professional health care workers and also some of uh, the, the institutions of, uh, that are, offer health care, it seems that uh, it could possibly be exasperated by COVID-19 and some of the decisions that need to be made. Could you please give us an outline as to what are some of the circumstances surrounding the healthcare profession? Um, well, as you know, South Africa already has a very high instance of medical litigation, and this has occurred pre-COVID. Now that we are uh, facing the COVID outbreak in South Africa, um, you know, doctors, healthcare professionals working on the front lines have very difficult decisions to make. At the moment, um, we, we are not facing all of those difficult decisions, but as our numbers increase, uh, the need for implementing triage procedures, etc., will become necessary. Um, and that is when it's going to be particularly difficult for doctors to operate without having legal protection for some of the decisions they will have to make. I mean, uh, Professor Moodley, when we take a look at uh, the South African context, already uh, patient numbers have been increasing, but we already are seeing patient numbers increasing in the context of the ratio of staff to patient being a very, very imbalanced. So could this also not be one of the reasons why we might see ourselves seeing the health profession getting more lawsuits? Well, uh we, we do have extremely competent health professionals in South Africa, and as we all know, they really are trying their best under very trying circumstances. Um, but when we have uh, system failures, what we refer to as system failures, when you have, as you mentioned, uh, a higher um, uh, number of patients per medical staff mm. in hospitals, the risks of of things going wrong are, are higher. Um, and uh, in a very, you know, in, in a pandemic when we have very high numbers of patients, um, we, we need to be mindful that uh, that medical error is possible, uh, unintended, but possible. Now, I like the fact that you're saying we need to bear in mind that medical um, uh, things could happen, glitches. It's unintended, but possible. Now, with that uh, being said, for a patient or the family of a patient who has to hear the words that, well, we don't have enough ventilators and we can't be able to assist you and someone passes away, could this be grounds for a legal lawsuit against that particular health professional or that particular health institution? Yeah. 
So I think it's important to remember that we have a constitution in South Africa and uh, the constitution allows, uh, uh, the constitution makes um, uh, um, provisions for uh, access to health care. However, um, there are circumstances under which this access to health care may have to be limited. Um, and a situation such as this would be an example of, of when this would occur. So our law does make provision for limiting access to health care under specific circumstances. Um, and so if a patient is not able to access intensive care treatment, for example, be- simply because the ICU unit is too full, there are no ventilators, there are no ICU beds, you know, under those specific types of circumstances, um, the the law, the constitution does cover restricted access to that type of care. And it occurs all the time in terms of uh, dialysis, for example. Even pre-COVID, we know that everybody cannot get access to a ventilator. And, And the constitution protects doctors under those circumstances. Uh, so, so yes, to a certain extent, doctors are protected, but there are other decisions. For example, if a patient is on a ventilator for too long and is not improving, in fact, the patient might be doing worse uh, as the days go by, and there are other patients who could uh, benefit more from, from the ventilator. Difficult decisions may have to be made under those circumstances as well. And for that type of decision-making, the legal system does not protect doctors. Sure. So the legal system won't protect a doctor. So that means that the patient or the patient's family, should they feel that there was malpractice or there was discrimination, could always go for a lawsuit? They could, but um, it would, you know, obviously how it would pan out would depend on the level of protection afforded to the health profession. Let's talk about that level of protection because we are aware that there is some sort of insurance that uh, health professionals should be uh, getting. Um, and some of it is quite uh, exorbitant in terms of the indemnity cover and uh, the claims that they have to have depending on the profession that they are in within the medical practice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's correct. Uh, uh, cover for medical indemnity in South Africa has become extremely expensive. And uh, to, a, to a certain extent, this is related to the fact that uh, the number of lawsuits have been increasing. So what happens is that the more uh, the public sues the, the medical profession, the higher the fees for medical insurance for the doctors. And this then results in the cost of health care increasing. So the cost of medical consultations goes up. The other important thing is that because doctors are always afraid of being sued, they tend to practice what we call defensive medicine. So then they tend to do more tests and more investigations than are necessary just to make sure they don't miss anything in a patient consultation. This also increases the cost of, of, of health care. And so uh, it becomes a vicious cycle. Uh, as you can see, the more patients sue, the higher the cost of health care. Uh, we also have the situation where doctors who are qualified as obstetricians and gynecologists, for example, 
uh, may decide not to practice obstetrics because the cover through the Medical Protection Society is so expensive for an obstetrician. It becomes a bit of a catch-22. I mean, we need the healthcare professionals to assist us in their various um, callings and their various professions. But at the other end, with the medical lawsuits, it does become difficult for healthcare professionals to actually give us the help that we require because of the indemnity cost. You are listening to SAFM Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Dooley. I'm speaking to Professor Moodley, who is the director at the Center for Medical Ethics and Law at the University of Stellenbosch. Professor Moodley, um, I've got a WhatsApp And for anyone who'd like to send us a WhatsApp, our number is 0614-104-107 or you can call us on 0891-104-207. Weigh in on the conversation. We are talking about a legal issue, how South Africa's healthcare system could take a big hit from the pandemic and lawsuits that could follow through. What's up here? The listener says the right to life. The Hippocratic Oath, what does it mean in a case of a pandemic and medical care refused? Well, the, the, the right, as you know, the Hippocratic Oath was written a very long time ago. It forms the basis for a number of decisions that are made in, in health care, and it is based on a number of ethical principles. Uh, and of course, most important is uh, the principle of doing no harm. Uh, and when we talk about harm, um, the importance of uh, preserving life does enter into the debate. Now, the Hippocratic Oath was written to a large extent to guide medical ethics in non-pandemic situations when an individual doctor is involved in caring for an individual patient. And those rules of medical ethics change during a pandemic because one needs to look at the greater good or The principle involved in a public health crisis usually revolves around attempting to save as many lives as possible, which means one has to make difficult decisions and limit rights on individual patients in order to save others and to save more people who have a better chance of survival. So the whole the the, the type of principles we use in public health crises, such as the pandemic we are facing now, differs substantially to the principles that are written into the Hippocratic Oath. You are listening to SAFM leading the late night conversations uh, with me, Patricia Anduli. We are speaking to Dr. Kamanthri Moodley, who is uh, Professor Kamanthri Moodley, who is the director at the Center of Medical Ethics and Law at the University of Stellenbosch. Remember to tune in so that you can weigh in on the conversation. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Anduli. We are speaking legal issues. Could the South African health system face more lawsuits uh, because of the pandemic that we are facing right now with the COVID-19? That is the question that we are asking. We are speaking to Professor Kemethri Moodley, who is the Director at the Centre for Medical Ethics and Law, University of Stellenbosch. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can do so by sending us a WhatsApp on 0614-104-107, or you can call us on 891 104 207 
Well, uh, Dr. Kamethri, we, uh, Moodley, Professor Moodley, and I keep on calling you doctor because we're talking about a medical issue here. Please do forgive me. Professor, um, we are talking the issue of um, of lawsuits. And it seems that uh, because of the pandemic, there's been a shortage of, um, of, of healthcare professionals. And with the shortage of healthcare professionals, there's been a huge call on uh, retired doctors and nurses who are being encouraged to come in to assist the frontline healthcare professionals. Could this not open up? a can of worms in terms of how they are uh, being uh, judged if something goes wrong, if there's any negligence? Well, um, the usual way in which doctors are judged uh, is, you know, um, the, the, the reasonable, you know, we use the reasonable doctor standard. So, for example, if you are registered as a general practitioner, then you are judged according to the standards expected of a general practitioner. If you're a specialist, then you are judged in terms of uh, the standards expected of a specific specialist. The thing with the pandemic is that uh, doctors who may be qualified as specialists, for example, in surgery, may need to assist um, on the front line. Um, and they will then be practicing outside their scope of speciality practice. Um, and we hope, you know, and, and we know that, that they will do everything in their power to ensure that they are competent, that they work with other doctors who are usually uh, uh, very, very good at treating critical care cases. And so we know that everything will be done to ensure that they deliver the best practice, they possi- the best care they possibly can. However, if there should be errors, then yes, this is this is this will happen as part of the unusual circumstances in which they are now uh, going to have to work. And the Health Professions Council has already issued a statement indicating that if there are complaints uh, related to decisions made during the pandemic, they will consider the special circumstances under which doctors have practiced, whether these are retired doctors or whether these are doctors who possibly have practiced outside their scope of practice only because they have been trying to help during the pandemic. Now, when someone goes in for a lawsuit, um, will they then still be told that, well, it's under the circumstances, therefore um, this lawsuit will not hold water? I think the Health Professions Council rule that I referred to will refer to complaints lodged with the council, um, and that is different from a lawsuit. So, when there, if there is a lawsuit, then you know decisions will be made around what was reasonable uh, during the time of the pandemic. You know what what the the circumstances ought to be taken into account, and what a reasonable doctor placed under those circumstances would be expected to do would be important. Uh, however, there is still no specific legislation protecting doctors. Are you still there, uh, Professor Moodley? Are you still there, Professor Moodley? I'm here, yes. Okay. So you're saying there's still no legislation protecting doctors? Correct. Now, there's another issue here on that note. In Grey Hospital in uh, King's Willi- King Williamstown, there's been a nurse who was suspended 
for the death of a patient who was deemed to have uh, COVID-19 and the nurse refused to assist them. And then this nurse has subsequently been uh, suspended. What are the rights of nurses in this case and other healthcare professionals when it comes to such a pandemic? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, the reason for refusal to to serve is important to consider. Uh, as things stand in South Africa, we do know that we have a shortage of protective, uh, professional protective equipment or PPE. And um, there are healthcare professionals who are very anxious to have to to have to attend to patients without adequate protection. The South African Medical Association has certainly advised healthcare practitioners that they ought to have PPE uh, if they are going to serve during the pandemic. And so um, one can understand why some healthcare professionals are, uh, are not keen to serve if they do not have adequate protection. So, I mean, if this particular um, nurse could come up and say, well, I didn't have adequate uh, uh, PPE, but I've been suspended from work, is this fair for them? Is this fair for any other medical professional, whether they're a doctor, a pharmacist, um, any healthcare professional in the healthcare system to have to be suspended because they were trying to execute their rights? Well, I think, uh, as I've said, it's, it's a very reasonable decision to take. But one cannot serve if one is not adequately protected. Every doctor star- or nurse starts, you know, to enters the profession with the express duty to serve the public and to, to care for the ill. However, they do not enter the profession to sacrifice themselves, knowing knowingly. And and this was this is what would happen if we expected our healthcare professionals to serve without adequate protection and to succumb to the illness themselves. Uh, I think if we lose healthcare professionals, we sustain a very huge loss in society because we've lost people that have the ability to help others to survive um, the COVID-19 pandemic. And so, we need to think very clearly about these issues before we institute punitive measures. Well, uh, as we close off, I'd like us uh, to please just give a perspective on the rights and uh, that patients have. Because right now, yes, we've looked at the healthcare system, we've looked at the pressure that they have, we've looked at the healthcare workers, but nothing about the patient. What are the rights of the patient? What are the rights of the family of a patient who passes due to COVID-19 or due to negligence because of COVID-19? Um, you know, we, we could paint a lot of scenarios. Someone might need to go in for an elective procedure that could um, at some point, if it's not attended to, lead to serious illnesses, although it's elective at this current point, and are told, well, we are our ICU unit cannot hold a lot of people, then what happens to that person? Mm-hmm. What are their rights? Correct. Well, as uh, indicated earlier, the, the Constitution guarantees a right of access to health care for adults in, in, in South Africa. So, Access to care, yes, but not the right to care, to health care. So a right of access can be limited because there is uh, insufficient supply of services at, at a specific point in time. Now, patients have rights in terms of the patient's rights charter. They have 
rights in terms of the Constitution. However, those rights may be exercised to the extent that it is possible and and that there are resources available uh, to honor those rights. So with limited resources, we find that now um, uh, many elective procedures are placed on hold or cancelled and non-COVID illnesses are not prioritized if they are not urgent. So if it's a, if any condition or any patient has an emergency, then they are uh, entitled to have access to care to assist them and to, to, to treat the emergency. But if it's not an emergency, then uh, it may be the case that care is delayed and this should happen only if, you know, there is no other way to ensure that this patient may be accommodated uh, during the pandemic. Sure. I see a lot of personal injury lawyers are getting a field trip out of this um, mm-hmm. due to the fact that, I mean, if a person's condition is deemed as an elective right now, it's an elective, yes, but it could uh, get to worse uh, conditions. And um, how do you weigh one situation above the other? Yes, we are facing a pandemic, but honestly, uh, Professor, it seems that we need to be educating uh, patients as much as educating healthcare workers about rights and responsibilities so that everyone knows where we stand and uh, we don't end up having um, the healthcare system, especially the public healthcare system, being overburdened. Correct. And the Health Professions Council has made special provisions for uh, new ways of interacting with patients. For example, telemedicine uh, has now become quite important and uh, it's important for the public to be aware that they can access uh, their healthcare providers and uh, via other other methods such as um, uh, telemedicine so that even if they're unable to attend hospitals physically because of the, the risk of COVID-19, they, they can access their healthcare providers uh, in other ways, telephonically, doctors are doing consultations using WhatsApp, using Skype, using the telephone, uh, because there, there is a, a, a duty to assist. Doctors want to help their patients. They still have a responsibility to their patients. And um, we need to try and see how we can make the best of a very, very difficult situation. These teleconsultations open up another can of worms. I mean, I can only imagine if someone misdiagnoses a situation because they have not properly investigated. Uh, mm-hmm. Professor Moodley, unfortunately, because of time, I'm going to have to let you go. Um, and I, I just so wish that we had more time to discuss these issues because with this pandemic, we see a lot of lawsuits coming from the for the healthcare professionals and the healthcare profession at large, especially the public health uh, uh, networks. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Moodley. Thank you, Patricia.